I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 83 of the podcast. Happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and hit that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, First Class Fatherhood has been dominating the charts over on iTunes, and I am attracting a lot of attention thanks to you listeners out there. I have been contacted by a major distribution company, and I am in the process of working out a deal with them, uh, which will expose First Class Fatherhood to thousands of new listeners. So please stay tuned for that announcement. I'm very excited about it. I have been working very hard here to bring you guys some entertaining and valuable content, and my focus is primarily on fatherhood and family values, and I really look forward to the opportunity to welcome a whole new batch of listeners in the upcoming weeks. Today, I have a different flavor of fatherhood to bring you. I have Jeff Giese, a first-class father who also happens to be a gay dad, so I'm excited to share his fatherhood story and experience with you. I'm not sure where you guys and gals that are listening stand on the issues of gay marriage or gay rights, but let me say this. I believe we are all children of God, and when it comes to fatherhood, it affects us all in so many different ways. It is a great responsibility for all of us who take it on, and it makes no difference what your religion is, what your race is, and it makes no difference what your sexual orientation is. If you're a dad, that is a first-class position to hold, and all dads should be supported and celebrated. So please, stick around for my interview with Jeff Giese. And coming to First Class Fatherhood on Friday for episode 84 will be First Class Father and Super Bowl champion Lance Moore, who was recently inducted into the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame. And next week, I'll be joined by a legendary firefighter who is known all across the world from the iconic picture taken of him carrying the body of Bailey Allman from the wreckage of the Oklahoma City bombing. Chris Fields will be joining me here on the podcast. Also next week, comedian Josh Wolf will be here. He's got an awesome new fatherhood special to tell us about. So come on, dads, lock it in, subscribe to the podcast, Fatherhood Rocks, Family Values Rule, and every day is Father's Day right here on First Class Fatherhood. So let me smack you with a quick little spot here, and I'll be right back with Jeff Giese. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a first class father. He is an entrepreneur. He is affectionately known as the father of mimetic warfare. He is a very popular guy on Twitter. And it is a pleasure for me to say, Jeff Giese, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Well, I'm, I'm flattered by the opportunity. I think it's great. I appreciate it. All right, Jeff, let's get going here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? So I have one kid, a son, and he is 14 months. Okay, wow, a little guy. All right, brand new. All right, Jeff, please take a minute here to tell my listeners a little bit about your background uh, and how you were tagged with the name The Father of Mimetic Warfare. Um, yeah, so my name is Jeff Giese. I'm originally from the West Coast, but I live in Washington, D.C. now, and my background is as an entrepreneur. I've built and sold a number of media companies, and since selling my last company, I've been doing a handful of different things, and I've 
Um, been doing some stuff in the political world, a little bit in the national security world, and I've, I've done some writing on, um, starting four years ago, on a new type of warfare called memetic warfare, and first wrote an article um, on it for a peer-reviewed NATO journal. And at the time, people were like, Jeff, what, what the heck, hell are you talking about? And I was like, basically, digital psyops, or in other words, propaganda through social media. We'll fast forward to today and have done more writing and, you know, instructing and speaking on this stuff. And now everybody knows what um, what I've been talking about. So I'm not really a practitioner uh, of it, uh, uh, although I, you know, have that perspective. Um, but through my writings, my friends jokingly have called me the father of memetic warfare. And, um, so I don't really take that seriously, uh, but it's kind of a, a meme. <laughs> All right, cool. What were some of the challenges or difficulties you've faced being a gay father? Well, I think like any other dad, it's, you know, it's a huge life change. I think not having a not having a wife or a mom in the conventional sense has really put a lot more, you know, I'm, I'm filling a two-parent role rather than than just being the 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 dad in in a sense. So, um and then also I, you know, I had George, my son's name is George, and uh, I had him through the surrogacy process, and a lot of people don't understand how that process works, so I'd be happy to share my experience. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was much, much more, more than just like watching fun Monday Night Football and making it happen. I mean, I, I joke with my straight friends that you guys have it a lot easier. You can just make it happen. Okay, Jeff. One of the things I'm curious about with having a baby through this surrogacy process is breastfeeding. Is there breastfeeding involved by the surrogate mom or do you go straight to formula? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, people can do breastfed milk, but I went straight to formula. So let me just explain the way surrogacy process works. Please do. Because I had never gone through it. So, um, yeah, so typically you find a surrogacy agent who kind of holds your hand through the, for the whole process. And the first step of the process is finding the egg donor. And sometimes that's somebody you know, but usually the egg donor is through an egg donation agency. So you go to an egg donation agency, and they have these almost like online dating profiles for different egg donors. And then you can decide, you know, who you want your egg donor to, uh, to be. And in, in my case, they set up a conference call with the egg donor. So that's a whole story unto itself of like how I chose um, the egg donor. And one, one interesting side note on this is if you're a woman looking for a sperm donor, you're, you're psyched because, you know, it's a, it's a lot less invasive process for a man to donate sperm. So the marketplace and selection for sperm donors is huge. Okay. So you're saying as a woman, you've got the pick of the litter. If you're a woman. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Egg donation, it's, it's a much more invasive and involved process. You have to take special drugs. It's a, it's a lot, there's a lot more to it. So the market for egg donors is a little bit more limited than it is for sperm. Um, but in any case, you know, you pick an egg donor, then they, they take the drugs and stuff that help them cycle, and then they donate their eggs at a fertility clinic. And then you donate your sperm to the fertility clinic. They fertilize the eggs into embryos and then they screen the embryos and, and the science of embryology is like really interesting and um they screen the embryos uh and it's really growing over the next 10 years by the way but but they'll screen the embryos for which ones are most likely to result in a pregnancy so if you have 12 embryos that have been donated maybe like eight of them are the um you know don't have any issues associated with them 
and then then freeze those embryos. Um, and then the next step is you find the surrogate. So the egg donor is different from the surrogate who carries the baby. And the surrogate typically is, uh, you know, already married and has kids, and in many cases has been a surrogate before. And so the surrogate I worked with was married and had been a surrogate twice before, and um, and I had a wonderful experience. They do in vitro. The surrogate goes to that fertility clinic, and then they do in vitro IVF where they take one of the one of the embryos and um, impregnate the surrogate, and then uh, if it works, she becomes pregnant, and then you know you go through the normal pregnancy process. So. Uh, that's how surrogacy works. Like I said, it's much easier the old-fashioned way <laughs> and a lot less expensive, too. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. What is the price tag for this whole process? Yeah, so surrogacy is expensive, and not many people talk about the economic hurdle for especially gay people to have kids or, or couples struggling with infertility. Uh, the surrogacy process is uh, between 100 and 125000 on average. Wow. And Yeah, exactly. And some people do it abroad you know, where the surrogate is based in India or Thailand or something like that, and that, and that's a lot less expensive, uh, but it's a little bit more of a hairy process. All right, how about this? Because I'm a little unfamiliar with it. Is adoption an easy process today for a gay couple if that's the way that they choose to go about having a child? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the state. It's definitely gotten easier than it was in the past. Um, so there are many gay couples that, that choose to adopt, and you know, so that's definitely a viable option for for gay couples um, to do. Um, and for me, I just researched, hey, you know, when I decided I wanted to have a kid, do I want to do adoption or do I want to do surrogacy? And went through a whole process and, and realized I really wanted that genetic connection. That was really important to me. And um, and then what happened was I have, I have three brothers and, and I was kind of not sure I wanted, was ready to pull the trigger on, having a kid, and one of my brothers had it tragically passed away the week before my 40th birthday, and so I was, you know, completely devastated, and it it obviously ruined my birthday, and uh, was I was just very devastated, but I uh, secretly made, I said, you know what, I'm going to make something from this, and as a gift from my brother, I'm going to sign the papers to start the surrogacy process on my birthday, and in honor of my brother. Wow, amazing. Yeah, and so that's what uh that's what initiated the process for me was creating from that tragedy. And now my brother's name is my son's middle name. Wow, what a cool tribute. And and listen, I give you a ton of credit because as a father myself, I mean, it's an amazing experience, but I'm I'm well aware of the challenges that come along with being a new dad, and on top of that, you have to handle the challenges of of being a gay dad and going through the whole surrogacy process. Uh, but I think it's awesome that there's people like you that are out there in your community who love children, who want to bring children into the world and care for them and love them. So, I mean, I really applaud you for doing what it took to become a dad. Yeah, thanks. And and one thing that helped is there's, you know, if there are any other like gay guys out there on your podcast listening to this, there are some really good Facebook groups that there's one called Gay Fathers that helped me just, socialize the idea and wrap my head around it. And, uh, you know, there are guys, gay couples having kids in many cases from previous marriages through adoption or through surrogacy in all kinds of different ways. And they live all over the place, like in Alabama, you know, just everywhere you can imagine. 
Um, and, and the posts that they make are com- completely like normal, I guess, you know, normal kid parent type stuff. And so that really helped, uh, socialize the idea for me and was a good, has been a good resource, uh, going through to it. So, um, yeah, so I recommend some of those Facebook groups for, uh, for folks who do that. All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. Very cool. Okay, as far as I can call it, it seems like our culture has changed pretty drastically from when back when I was a kid. Being gay is definitely more accepted by our society from what I can see, but that's just me outside looking in. Uh, do you agree with that, and what could be improved or understood more? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I haven't had any issues, and I, I'm not a big fan of the gay community in a lot of cases like that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think one, you know, I remember coming back from from when my son was born. I live in a neighborhood that's kind of a trendy neighborhood, and there are there are a number of gay people here, and there's a gay bar nearby. And I remember pushing my stroller like by it. And at first feeling really weird, like how, how was I going to reconcile these two sides of my life? You know, one is this dad and one is a, you know, the gay dude living in the city. And, um, and at the time I felt really awkward about it. And now I don't. I mean, I walk down the street and people say hi to my son. They know who he is. And it's, um, you know, it's become a lot more normal within the gay community. Um, I have to say when, the surrogate was pregnant and I was starting it, I did get some rude comments from from typically older gay men. Like, the, the gays were almost nastier with me about it than than my straight, traditional Catholic friends and stuff like that, you know. Was, wow. So that was interesting. And so in some cases, it was like, now, are you sure you're prepared? Or why would you want to do that? And clearly, I think a lot in a lot of cases, um, I would ask, you know, at first I got offended, but then nine times out of ten I would ask them what's going on there, and they secretly always wanted to have kids, and they were just projecting their their baggage onto me. So, you know, so I got a little bit of flack from within the gay community when I was um, starting the process, but since my son's been born, none at all, none at all. And then from the, you know, the rest of the world, um, yeah, I have a lot of friends who are very conservative and traditional and so forth, and in some cases don't, you know, believe homosexuality is a sin and all that kind of stuff. And they've been wonderful. I haven't had any nastiness from, from anybody about that. I do get questions like when I'm on the plane with my son, like, oh, so your wife has the day off today? And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Um, and they're way nicer to me because they assume – like, you know, like, uh, my first, I've, I've been on the plane with them a number of times. The first time I, I was on a plane or, you know, I was like, had one kid. This woman marches by with four kids and everybody ignores her. I have like one kid and everybody's like, oh my God, do you need help? <laughs> yeah, Jeff, that's something that I hit on all the time. I speak about it quite a bit on the podcast is that when someone sees a dad with his kid out in the supermarket or anywhere, uh, the typical reaction is, oh, you have the kids, you're babysitting, good for you. And my philosophy on that is we're not babysitters, we're fathers. So I, I get a little tired of those assumptions. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of laugh it off. I mean, it's like, yeah, does your wife have the day off? And I'm like, yeah. She has a day off today and every other day. <laughs> uh, and and the gender differences are kind of interesting. Like at the playground, like, you know, I'm like, should I join it? I, should I like crash a mommy group and be like the token gay at a mommy group? Um, but I can say, 
and they're like, you know, they remember kids' names, and they're all like, oh, Johnny, oh, yeah. And uh, and the dads are like with their cell phones, like doing deals, and I'm I'm kind of somewhere in between. I can I can I can do a little bit of both, but um, you definitely notice some of the gender differences um, and realities with uh, what you know going through this process. It's, it's all good. Like I don't I don't really have a problem with it. All right, let me switch gears here a bit. The gay community is a pretty big player in the political scene. And I still find that kind of hypocritical of both sides who are always saying that they want everybody to be equal. But once the polling starts, the first thing they do is break it down to who gets the white vote, who gets the black vote, who gets the Hispanic vote, and of course, who gets the LGBTQ vote. What is your opinion of LGBTQ? Is it more of a political interest group or is it truly a champion for gay rights and equality? Well, I think both. And I think, I, I, you know, I think equal rights is important. I supported gay marriage personally. And, um, you know, I think like laws banning, you know, like banning gay sex, for example, are, are wrong. So I, I'm all for equal rights. Problem is, I think a lot of these, uh, what I don't like is when it becomes used as a political weapon and is corrupted. And we see that in a lot of movements that start off with really good intentions whether it's the Me Too movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, like these are, there are important causes at the root of these things, taking sexual violence seriously, making sure blacks are treated equally um, by law enforcement and so forth. And, and same thing with the gay rights movement, you know, helping gay people have equal rights. The problem is when they become weaponized and, and they're used as a partisan tool. And so I, I don't, I like gay rights and I, I value that. And, um, but I really resent when there are expectations that I'm supposed to vote a certain way because I'm gay. I resent when it's turned into this political weapon where now we're supposed to support eight year olds dressing in drag. Like, you know, screw that. That's like, that's kind of crazy to me. Um, so yeah, so that, that's how I feel about it. It's a little bit mixed. I mean, I went to, uh, for the first time in a long time, I went to the, uh, Washington DC, a gay pride <clears throat> parade. And in the past, I've been like, ah, that's kind of lame, you know, whatever. But I've tried to go with an open mind uh, this year. And, and I have to say, I mean, they're, you know, it's pretty pleased. I mean, there are all different types of folks. And there are some some folks I find really annoying and obnoxious. And, um, and then, but there are lots of just totally normal, different, you know, different stroke, you know, different types of, uh, people involved what what i just don't like and resent is when when um they presume my political beliefs based on being gay like it's it's not it's, it doesn't make up my it's not my main identity well said and i did see that make america great again hashtag on your twitter page so i'm kind of curious as to how has your experience been being a gay trump supporter um it's been totally great i mean it's been i threw a big party with some folks at the RNC, and it was the gayest and most right-wing party at the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. And honestly, like, it's not a big deal. Like, nobody really cares. Um, and, in fact, this new type of Republican, the more Trumpist Republican, I think is a lot less socially conservative on these types of issues than say, the Republican of, of, of George W. Bush and the more socially conservative type. So I, I actually feel better about it. I mean, we care about immigration. We care about sovereignty. We care about capitalism and so forth. Um, 
you know, we can agree to disagree about abortion or gay rights and other stuff. And again, like people, I've never had any issues with it at all. Okay, cool. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Jeff, I'd like to ask all the dads that I have on the podcast. I'll frame it a little bit differently here for you. Uh, what type of advice could you give to the new gay father or to the gay couple that's out there that's on the fence and unsure whether to jump into the fatherhood pool? I would say do it. Just go for it. Like if you if you have the desire to do it and you're kind of on the fence and you, you've, you've probably thought it through and maybe you've lined up some of your resources, I would say do it. It's, it's incredibly life expanding. It, it'll be the best thing that you've ever done. Maybe the hardest thing you've ever done too. Um, and I think it will really expand and enhance your, your life. So I would say, um, just freaking go for it. Awesome. Okay. What do you have going on right now? You're working on any projects? You got anything you'd like to promote? Uh, where can the listeners connect with you? Yeah, um, you can just follow me on Twitter. It's mostly political stuff these days on Twitter at, at Jeff Geesey. And that's at Jeff, J-E-F-F, G-E-C-G-I-E-S-E-A. Um, yeah, and mostly about political stuff, national security stuff, and have a few business projects up my sleeve. But I'm not really promoting anything uh, right now. But you can you can follow me on Twitter if you're interested in political stuff. And I kind of go back and forth in the bio whether to add the, add the gay part or not. <laughs> I definitely have dad. Dad is more of an identity for me now at this point than, than being gay, but, you know, they're both part of me. Hey, that's exactly why you're here, Jeff. You're a first-class father, and I thank you very much for giving me a few minutes of your time right here on First Class Fatherhood. Well, thanks so much, Alex. It's been great. That was fun. All right, I'll be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Jeff Giese for giving me a few minutes of his time. That was pretty cool. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I'm always curious to get your feedback. And please join me here on Friday for episode 84. I will be joined by Super Bowl champion wide receiver Lance Moore. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we're not babysitters. We're fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree.